0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Are You Fricking Kidding Me podcast with me, Joe Vigiano. On this episode, I get to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, Major League Baseball awards that uh, were just recently uh, handed out. And uh, we'll uh, go into a little bit of a, uh, a look into that. Uh, of course considering that it's Friday, we're getting ready for some college football tomorrow, and uh, the NFL on Sunday, so that that's going to be uh, another nice topic of discussion. And I also revisit my uh, early season or preseason picks for uh, who was going to make the playoffs and see where I'm going right and mostly where I'm going wrong because I don't think there's uh, much... Uh, That's looking very promising for me at this point, and of course, I'll look into uh, Joe Burrow and what that means for uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, and finally, I will talk about the uh, Michigan Wolverines and what they decided to do about Jim Harbaugh and his suspension. Stick around, this is going to be a, a loaded episode of the Are You Freaking Kidding Me podcast. So let's get started. First off, talking about the uh, Major League Baseball awards that were uh, given out. Uh, for the American League, the MVP was Shohei Otani, Cy Young, Garrett Cole. Manager of the Year was Brandon Hyde. Rookie of the Year, Gunnar Henderson. Um, I'm not really going to go into... Uh, each position in terms of golden gold glove and uh silver slugger award, but uh for golden for one of the gold gloves it was uh shortstop Anthony Volpe who of course plays for the New York Yankees so uh that is why I felt the need to bring that one up. Um the lone bright spots in terms of the Yankees in term in the uh awards categories were uh, like I said, Garrett Cole as uh American League Cy Young winner. And then yeah, Anthony Volpe who uh received gold glove at uh, shortstop. Speaking of Silver Slugger, uh this is the first time since 2018 that a Yankee was not named uh Silver Slugger, uh the uh third time in uh the last 23 years that the Yankees have not had a uh person named to the uh Silver Slugger award. So this is a an, Awkward year for the Yankees, and as uh, mentioned multiple times by many metrics, this was a terrible year for the Yankees, and uh, the lone bright spots being Garrett Cole and Anthony Volpe in terms of the awards. But that's about it, as far as the uh, other other awards uh, and how I feel about the naming of each award. Shohei Otani, frankly, he deserved to be the MVP this year. Um, Again, it's hard to grade him compared to other players, especially because he can do two things that uh, is something that most players can't do. He hits, obviously, and he pitches. Um, Most uh, everybody else in the American League uh, and now in the major leagues in general, uh, they stick to their position. they may field it well, they may hit well uh but they can't do that plus pitch at uh all star levels like uh, Shohei Otani does so that that means that uh grading is on a curve for everybody else um this this year though Otani certainly deserved to be the m v p and and was rightfully named as such. Uh, as far as Cy Young Awards, Garrett Cole, uh, yeah, like I said, he was the lone bright spot for the Yankees all year, uh, and he was dominant all season. He you know, he had 15 wins and four losses this year, uh, and if he had a lineup that was worth a damn, he probably would have gotten 20 wins this year. He was that good of a pitcher, and uh, the Yankees wasted the uh, effort of Garrett Cole this year by doing absolutely nothing throughout the course of the regular season, Uh, unfortunately for the Yankees in that sense. But uh, Garrett Cole put together a fine year. Uh, He certainly cemented himself as an ace as he pitched like an ace for the first time since being brought into uh, pinstripes. And again, the Yankees wasted it by not doing anything else outside of the Garrett Cole uh, pitching rotation spot. As far as manager of the year, you could've gone multiple ways with this, but uh honestly, yeah, Brandon Hyde certainly deserved it. He brought uh Baltimore pretty much from nowhere last year, uh and this year he continued uh that resurgence of Baltimore uh as they made a uh made things interesting last year uh in the second half of the year and then this year they pretty much uh Led the American League East from, uh, I can't really say from start to finish because of how great of a start Tampa Bay had, but uh, they uh, they stayed steady the whole year. Baltimore was steady the whole year. They didn't have this just hot streak early on or hot streak mid season. They were consistent. They played well from uh, start to finish, and then uh, they caught up to... Tampa Bay as they started to flounder uh down the stretch and then uh overcame their uh their hot start and and won the American League East. And one of the players that uh, that pieced them to that was rookie of the year Gunnar Henderson uh so yeah. Uh again, you could have gone multiple direction with this but I don't think uh, Gunnar Henderson was the wrong call here Uh, not really much of an argument from my side on that Uh, he certainly deserved it and uh, he rightfully is the American League rookie of the year as far as the uh, National League award winners uh, MVP was Ronald Acuna Jr Um, Cy Young Blake Snell manager of the year was Skip Schumacher and rookie of the year was Corbin Carroll. As far as how I felt about uh, the award winners here, uh, really there is absolutely no argument as far as Ronald Cooner Jr. When you put together a year like he had, where he had over 40 home runs and over 70 stolen bases, there's not a player in this league that has put up that kind of stats. uh, You know, just incredible the kind of year that he had. It it, it was pretty much an his, a historic year for Ronald Acuna Jr., and he certainly deserved to be uh, named the National League MVP to which he was named. Um, as far as the Cy Young Award winner, Blake Snell, he was uh, once again consistent. He had an incredible season winning his second uh, Cy Young Award and, of course, uh, winning his first in the National League. Uh, his previous Cy Young was when he was a member of the Rays in the American League. Uh, he certainly uh, deserved the Cy Young award, and once again, much like I said about Garrett Cole, it was a uh, a great year for Blake Snell on a bad team. And uh, the one the one bright spot that the Padres had was uh, Blake Snell, and that's exactly what uh, what happened there. Uh, As far as manager of the year, Skip Schumacher of the Miami Marlins. Uh, The Marlins put together an incredible year. They uh, exceeded expectations, and uh, part of that, of course, is uh, because of Skip Schumacher being uh, the manager, and when you lead a team to the playoffs, that was uh, an unexpected playoff berth. That's exactly what happens. You get uh, manager of the year for that. As far as rookie of the year is concerned, Corbin Carroll, uh he had an incredible season but he, he took his game to a different level when it came to the, uh came time for the playoffs and uh he showed that he's not only just a good ball player he's a clutch performer uh not a bad resume to have in your rookie year and uh Corbin Carroll had quite uh quite a season and I'm looking forward to see what he, to seeing what he does in uh the future years as far as the uh the Mets Whereas uh, did they get any representation in any awards? Well, yeah, they did. Uh, Francisco Lindor was, uh, named silver slugger, uh, at the shortstop position. So, uh, there's the one bright spot for the Mets when it comes to, uh, awards. Uh, uh, but outside of that, they did not have anything else to really celebrate or cheer about. in, uh, in the awards, uh, timeframe. So I'm about to, uh, gauge where I'm at in terms of, uh, how I feel about my predictions and, uh, I don't feel very good about it so far, especially because of, uh, recent events, but, uh, I'm going to, uh, play the audio from, uh, my playoff prediction episode and let you hear it firsthand, uh, who I had going in the, uh, to the playoffs in each conference, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play those, uh, those two audio clips, and then I'm going to uh, give my thoughts on uh, how it's going so far. So let's start in the AFC. So as I mentioned before, the Bills were the number one seed, the Chiefs the number two, the Bengals number three, number four seed were the Jaguars, five the Chargers, six the Steelers, and seven the New York Jets. So uh, let's recap where I had the uh, NFC seeds. Number one, the 49ers. Number two, the Eagles. Number three, the Detroit Lions. Number four, the Atlanta Falcons. Number five, the Giants. Six, the Dallas Cowboys. And number seven, the Minnesota Vikings. So basically what you hear there right now is that uh, the AFC is all sorts of wrong. Uh, one, the Buffalo Bills aren't even in uh, the playoff a playoff spot at this point. Uh, they have been struggling it quite quite a bit. However, there are some things I did get right at this point uh, in the early portion of this uh, of this whole uh, prediction. Uh, one being that, uh, of course, the Chiefs are going to be there. That's not really much of a surprise. Two, uh, the Jaguars are leading their division um so that's that's two things that I've gotten right so far three uh the Steelers being in a playoff spot I've gotten that one right as well um so the AFC West leader the AFC South leader and uh Pittsburgh Steelers a wild card uh uh team uh so I so I've gotten those right the rest of the AFC has gone horribly, horribly wrong for me. Uh, let's start off with uh, <laughs> the AFC East. Uh, the leader right now is the Miami Dolphins. Clearly, that's not the Buffalo Bills. Um, and another team that I had in a playoff spot, granted, this was before Aaron Rodgers got hurt that I made this prediction. And had I known that Aaron Rodgers was not going to play for most of the year, that certainly would have affected uh Where I would have put the New York Jets, I certainly would not have put them in the playoff spot. And even with Aaron Rodgers on the team, I had them as a seven seed. So they were still barely making the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers starting every single game this year. So uh, I don't really feel terrible about that prediction that they have fallen off with, uh, of course, Zach Wilson leading the team at uh, quarterback right now. Uh, But it is what it is. As far as surprises, one, the Cleveland Browns being in the playoff spot. Uh, two, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals not being in the playoff spot at this point, being the odd man out of the AFC North teams. Um, granted, I'm going to get into that a little bit more later when uh, when talking about uh, Joe Burrow and his injury uh, that he suffered last night against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, a game that the Ravens won 34-20. to 20. And then one team that nobody expected to be here, uh, the Houston Texans holding down the uh, seven seed right now in the AFC. Now, the NFC looks a lot better for me. Uh, Let's see uh, the teams that I've gotten right so far on that. Uh, One, the NFC East leader, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I have them uh, right on the money there. Uh, The... uh, The NFC North leader, the Detroit Lions, I've been spot on with that one. The NFC West leader, the San Francisco 49ers, spot on with that one as well. Um, Again, the Eagles and 49ers, those were going to be easy to predict. I think just about anybody would have gotten that one. I'm not going to pat myself on the back on that one. However, I am going to pat myself on the back on the – Detroit Lions uh, pick so far. Granted, there's still plenty of football left to be played. A lot of things can change over the next uh, seven games, six or seven games. So I'm not going to be taking a victory lap just yet by saying, hey, uh, the Detroit Lions are uh, midseason NFC uh, NFC North champions. Uh, again, there's plenty, plenty of football still to be played be played and plenty of that can change over that time frame. Um, the NFC South, I said it at the time, it's not uh, reflected in that audio because it was in the more in-depth look on uh, each division that you could flip a coin and any one of those teams could uh, win the division. That still is the case. The, uh, the Saints lead the division, but uh, outside of the Carolina Panthers, the, Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are still within uh, uh, close range of, of the uh, division-leading New Orleans Saints, and uh, there's plenty of football to be played against each other, so that could certainly uh, shake things up a bit. As far as the wildcard teams, I was spot on with the Cowboys. Uh, right now they are holding the sixth seed. I was spot on right now with the Minnesota Vikings, although the way that the Vikings have gotten to the number seven seed is a a bit unorthodox, especially when you're talking about uh, the fact that uh, Kirk Cousins is out for the year, and uh, they started the season 0-3. Where I was drastically wrong, drastically wrong, is, of course, the New York Giants, not only are they not in the pl- in a playoff spot, they're not even uh, in contention for a playoff spot. As a matter of fact, they're closer to having uh one of the top picks in the NFL draft than they are to a playoff spot and uh based on the amount of injuries that they've had and how poorly they've been playing, uh they are certainly not going to be uh clawing their way back to a uh any sort of spot in the playoffs and that uh doesn't surprise me that much that the Seahawks are the team that uh, is in their in, in their place in the, in my prediction. Um, the Seahawks were a playoff team last year, and I, and I thought this year they would be on the outside looking in, but not by much. So them being in a playoff spot is not really a shocker to me. Uh, good on them, and at least I'm not totally far off on. Uh, on who I had in playoff spots in the NFC, Uh, where I am going to be honest with you where I'm way off is the Super Bowl prediction as I had the Cincinnati Bengals beating the San Francisco 49ers. One of those two teams is still a possibility, that being the San Francisco 49ers. The other, based on uh, the injury that happened last night uh, to Joe Burrow, uh, for those that haven't heard, Joe Burrow uh, tore a ligament in his wrist, and he is done for the year, and the Cincinnati Bengals rely very heavily on uh, Joe Burrow to be successful, and with him being out for the year, um, with them being a 5-5 five and five team on top of that, this is... Uh, going to be a tailspin for them, and and it's going to be a rough go for them for the rest of the year. Uh, Just really a really tough break for Joe Burrow and for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, their season is done, and and I don't really see how they stay in this race with the rest of the AFC North being as good as it is. Uh, It's going to be a dogfight to the end for the rest of the AFC North teams. And plenty can change over the next uh, two months. But uh, one thing I will say that I feel pretty confident in is that uh, I am reassessing my pick for the Super Bowl. Uh, I I have to at this point. I, I thought that uh, with Joe Burrow uh, being in the lineup that the Bengals had a good shot of getting there. Uh, but with Joe Burrow out of the lineup, they don't have a shot of getting there. So just a tough break for, for the Bengals. Now that I got, uh, my embarrassment out of the way, uh, and took myself to task on, uh, my playoff predictions, uh, let's get into the actual, uh, games that are going on this weekend, uh, starting with the NFL, since I'm already on the topic, um, and again, we're going to start with the New York teams because, again, I'm centered more towards the New York teams than, uh, than the other ones. But there are some big games that are going on this weekend, and I'm looking forward to talking about each of those games. Um, there are two big division matchups for uh, for the New York teams. Uh, one being uh, the Giants going down to Washington, D.C. to take on the Commanders. Um talk about another toilet bowl type of game uh the last time these two played up in new in new jersey the yankee uh, the giants the giants uh won that game uh 14 to 7 now since that game the giants and the commanders are uh, tra- uh are uh going in opposite directions the commanders have been playing better uh football as of late the giants have been playing some of their worst football all year. Uh, Also, since that game, Tyrod Taylor went down with injury. Daniel Jones came back and then went down again with an injury. So the Giants are going in there once again with uh, Tommy DeVito as quarterback, and that is not... uh, a great thing considering he has not really thrown, uh, the eyes out of the ball. Uh, part of that, of course, is play calling. They are, uh, being extra conservative because, uh, they don't want him to make mistakes that could cost them games, even though the, uh, giants are generally out of games within the first five minutes of, uh, the game, uh, lately. Uh, as far as the commanders are concerned, yeah, they, they lost the giants. They bounced back, uh, By playing some some good games, at least offensively, uh, playing a close game to the Eagles, playing a close game to the Seahawks, and beating the New England Patriots. So, uh, again, the trajectory of these two teams have gone in opposite directions uh, since that game, uh, the Giants. Uh, I already talked about the injuries, but uh, let's talk about the games that they played. Since then, uh, the Giants blew a game against the Jets, uh, a game that they were leading and uh, couldn't really score much in. Um, So they blew that game, lost in overtime. They then went to Las Vegas and got blown out by the Raiders. They They then went to Dallas and got blown out by the Cowboys. And here we are going to another road game for the Giants, uh, this time down in Washington, D.C., where they will presumably get blown out by the Washington Commanders. And that's uh, really how I feel about this. Uh, the the final score of this game, I think the Commanders win it 27-7. Now, the New York Jets, on the other hand, uh, they have a huge, huge matchup in a in essentially what is a must-win game for both of these teams, the uh, the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. And, of course, the Buffalo Bills are the home team for this one as the Jets uh, faced off against the Bills in Week 1 of the season, beating them uh, as Aaron Rodgers went down with an injury on the first uh, four plays of that game. Um, the Jets in this one and the Bills are coming in uh with very similar uh very similar types of games that, that happened to them uh, this past week the jets losing a game that they should have won against the uh the raiders and the bills losing a game they should have won against the broncos um now with these two teams offense has been the problem that's been the main uh, issue for both of these teams Josh Allen has not been playing up to uh the level that he's been expected to play at and uh it certainly is affecting the Bills in terms of their uh performance on the field. The Jets have never really gotten uh to take flight so to speak. Uh yes, you didn't if you didn't notice that was a play on words. Um, with Zach Wilson, uh he has continuously struggled especially in the red zone the jets cannot seem to push the ball across the goal line and score touchdowns uh they've been settling for a lot of field goals in the red zone and that has certainly been affecting their ability to uh to win games now what happens in this game this this is going to be a tough one this is a tough one for the jets jets historically have not played well up in orchard park uh the bills generally do play well in orchard park um I uh, I don't know. I I really don't know. This game could go either way. I'm giving the slight edge to uh the Bills even though they're in complete utter chaos right now. Uh only because they have the better quarterback. If uh, if it was anybody other than than Zach Wilson, somebody a little bit more sta uh stable than Zach Wilson, I, I would be picking the Jets, but I, but I think the Bills win this game uh and I think they win it 21-17. Now, sticking with the divisional matchups theme here, uh, one of the big matchups this weekend is in the AFC North. Um, That would be the Steelers versus the Browns. Uh, These two teams squared off earlier in the year, a game that the the Steelers won 26-22. This time, the Browns are home, and lately, the dog pound has been uh, an interesting place to play for the Steelers. However... The Browns are going into this game without uh, Deshaun Watson, who is done for the year uh, as he is having uh, shoulder surgery. Uh, To me, that gives the Steelers an advantage, um, especially because the Browns' backup quarterback situation is a little messy. Uh, And when you're talking about a team that uh, is going to be – the Steelers that that have T.J. Watt, who knows how to get pressure on quarterbacks, and the Steeler defense being as good as it's been playing all year, uh, that is going to be a really tough game for the Browns. Uh, but they do have the defense that could keep them in this game. Uh, again, I'm not sure really what direction to go here, especially because again, with Deshaun Watson out, but the game being in Cleveland, that uh, it, it's it's a tough one to predict. It's going to come down to the team that runs the ball better I think and with that being said the Browns do have a little bit more on uh, in terms of running back and be, and having more success running the football so I give a slight edge to the Browns here but I think it's going to be a close game I I think it's going to be relatively low scoring I'm going with 24-21 Cleveland wins this game but uh but they do uh run the ball Uh, more effectively in this game as far as the rest of the games are concerned there's really only one other matchup that's worth uh, mentioning and and discussing in any sort of detail and that is the rematch of this past year's Super Bowl uh, in Arrowhead the uh, Philadelphia Eagles go into Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs Uh, this is going to be a fun game Uh, when when you talk about two of the uh, one uh, better teams in the national football league. And then two better quarterbacks in the national football league. You got that here in, in this matchup. There's a reason why these two teams were in the super bowl last year. Uh, and there's a reason why these two teams are having continued success this season. And it is because of how good their defenses are, uh, and how good their quarterbacks are. Um, the Chiefs' defense has been uh, really good this year. Uh, the Eagles, once again, picking up where they left off defensively uh, from last year. They are just completely dominating opponents on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and and then you add in the fact that Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts have been playing at least consistent football and, and doing enough to help their teams uh, win these games. Uh, They don't have to do anything too crazy. They don't have to uh, make huge plays, but they can if they need to, and they certainly have uh, done that over the course of the year. This is a game that's going to come down to the wire, much like it did uh, during the Super Bowl this past year. And I think it's going to be another one of those games that uh, Patrick Mahomes pulls out late, uh, especially because they're at home. I think the Chiefs win this one 31-27. Well, uh, moving on to the world of college football, uh, let's talk about uh, the Jim Harbaugh situation as uh, the suspension has been solidified. Michigan is no longer going to appeal. So Jim Harbaugh is going to be suspended for the rest of the regular season. Uh, So that means he will not be coaching tomorrow against Maryland and he will not be coaching next week against Ohio State. Uh, That is a tough loss for Michigan, but not uh, something that will completely destroy them as uh, shown last week as they defeated Penn State without Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. Uh, Again, he will not be on the sidelines for the rest of the regular season, so that means, again, the game against Maryland tomorrow and the game against Ohio State next week will be with their interim coach uh, leading the Wolverines – on the sidelines but let's preview the uh, ranked first ranked matchups of the week uh starting in the pac 12 there's a few good matchups in the pac 12 uh the first matchup of the day that uh, deals with the pac 12 is utah going on the road to arizona to take on the arizona wildcats now utah had a tough loss last week against uh Washington, but they played them close. It was a 35-28 to 28 final score there. Uh, Arizona has been uh, one of those teams that has uh, played really, really good football all year and has surprised a few teams. Uh, this is one of those games that could go either way. Uh, just depends on the type of uh, football game you want to watch. Uh, Utah is the better defensive team. Arizona, the better offensive team. Um, but it's one of those things again with uh, Utah. They've been playing with backup quarterbacks in there all year. Um, let's see what happens. Honestly, this is going to be a fun game. This is going to be a, a nice tight game, I think. But I think Utah pulls it off on the road just because defense travels um, and they can get enough out of their offense to uh, to win this game. I think. Uh, I think it plays to a twenty-one to twenty-one to 17 final score now a game that will have uh or that could have huge implications in the college football playoff uh again in the pac 12 the washington huskies going on to the road uh going on the road to take on the oregon state beavers uh this game is going to be a fun one uh, Oregon state is one of those teams that, uh, has enough defense that can keep this game interesting, but they also have enough offense that they could surprise Washington. Um, with that being said, Michael Penix doesn't know how to win these tough road games. He's done it uh, in the big 10. He's done it in the pac 12. It wouldn't surprise me if he did it again this week in our, in Oregon state and, uh, surprises, uh, the The Beavers in Corvallis. But again, this is a huge game, and uh, for Washington, every game is a must-win game because if they slip up just once, their season in terms of uh, the college football uh, playoff is over. So they need to keep winning, and I think they do here. I think they do uh, pull it off in Oregon State uh with a victory and i think it's going to be a 34 to 31 final score now a game that doesn't have as much uh, on the line here that is uh the battle of kansas kansas state going into kansas to take on the jayhawks uh this is a game that right now kansas state is favored to win by uh is favored by 10 um but kansas has shown uh, the ability to surprise some teams as uh you could probably ask uh the so- uh Oklahoma Sooner fans how uh, how it went against them, uh, especially because they had to go on the road to uh to take on the Jayhawks and it didn't go uh their way. Uh Kansas could again pull off an upset. It's one of those games that anything can happen. It's a rivalry between two teams in the same state, and it's a home game for K- for Kansas. Uh Kansas State obviously has been dominating this rivalry for a, a long while. Um, honestly, I just I don't see I don't see Kansas State losing this game. But you never know what could happen. This is one of those games that Kansas State they you know they should win. They should win. They should win comfortably. Uh, but when you look at what happened to them against uh, Texas where it looked like they were out of the race you know out of that game early and then clawed their way back and and turn the momentum only to just throw it all away in overtime uh coaching is going to matter in this game and if kansas state makes the same type of coaching gaps that they made against texas this is something that uh that could spring kansas to victory so uh you better hope that uh that your coach has a as a good game if you're a Kansas State fan because uh, if he doesn't this is uh, this is a a game that is ripe for an upset the final matchup of the of the day that I'm going to talk about uh, is Georgia versus Tennessee now Tennessee is coming off of a uh, brutal loss to Missouri a game that uh, nobody saw coming. Uh, Everybody thought this was going to be a a tight game, a game that Tennessee could have pulled off uh, and and won on the road. Uh, they're playing at home against Georgia, a team that's figuring it all out. Georgia certainly seemed to have get, uh, gotten better as the season's gone along, and that culminated uh, last week when they just uh, took Ole Miss and just uh, ran circles around them beating them 52 to 17 uh just a just a brutal brutal game for uh Ole Miss last week and it's something that uh if Georgia comes out motivated like they did last week this is going to be a tough game for Tennessee and they could certainly get embarrassed in their own building um Georgia is just too talented. I do not see this game being close at all. I think it's a little bit closer than, uh, than the old than the Miss game. I don't think that uh, Georgia is going to be putting up 50 in back-to-back weeks, but I certainly see him winning this game 34-10, to 34-17, 34-6, uh, something like that. I think Georgia wins this game, and I think they win it easily. Anyway, that's going to do it for me here on this episode of the Are You Freaking Kidding Me podcast. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys their weekend and that uh, you enjoy all the exciting football action that's going to take place tomorrow, and hopefully you get to enjoy something on Sunday. There's not a lot of exciting matchups, but uh, at least it's football, and football is always fun, so I hope everybody enjoys their weekend and uh, look forward to the next episode of the Are You Freaking Kidding Me podcast.